Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Lindsay Cabrera, and welcome back to Musai Collective Podcast. Today, you'll be meeting Tao Andra, a Romanian DJ and producer whose musical journey began in the Netherlands during her university years. Techno speaks to her hyperactive personality, but sensitive nature, and that's how she builds her sets. The musical journeys she creates are always a mix between high energy groove and emotional moments. Today, we discuss finding purpose and passion, listening to your intuition, her latest release, Gracias a la Vida, and so much more. I hope you enjoy this episode, and here's Tao Andra on Musai Collective. Hello, Tao. How are you? Welcome to Musai Collective Podcast. How's it going over there? Thank you for having me, Lindsay. I'm very good. I'm in Lisbon at the moment, and it's very hot, and I don't mind it because I actually am one of those people that enjoys the heat. Yes, I feel you. It's uh, hot and hot and hot and hot here in the Dominican Republic. And I'm trying to stay cool, but right now, AC will just have to cut it. (laughs) Anyways, thank you so much for being here today. It's so great to have you. And yeah, just to get into things, I'd love for you to share your origin story. Um, You are a DJ and producer. So I would love for you to tell us when was the moment you fell in love with electronic music and when did you finally decide to pursue this as a professional career? Thanks for that question. I think my background is a little bit different, at least in my eyes, different than many stories that I've heard until now. And I grew up in Romania and a very small village in the middle of nowhere. And I really mean that. It was on top of a hill with no infrastructure, no running water, had to walk a mile to fetch water. And so for me, it's pretty impressive that I've come all the way on this path and discovered electronic music because it couldn't be further from my beginnings. I don't have the story of going to a rave when I was 16 and... I was partying with my friends and discovered electronic music was not quite like that. I um, think I was 24 when I first went to a rave. So me too, that's pretty actually. old, I would say. Yeah, me too. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was like 24, or 25, something really? like this. I was so responsible. I mean, I'm not saying that 16-year-olds are not responsible, but statistically. Well, they are. <laughs> <laughs> but True. You know, I was very responsible, you know. Once I did go to raves and um, I was just the one that was taking care of everybody. But I didn't come in contact with electronic music until I lived in the Netherlands. So I left Romania when I was 18. I lived in Italy for about two years. And then I went to university in Amsterdam. And, um, you know, they have a funny saying that in Amsterdam, there's more DJs than bikes. So I feel true. like <laughs> so I feel like for me coming in contact with electronic music was just um, meant to be. Yeah, I still remember the moment when I went eventually to a techno festival. Techno is very big there, and I had this feeling. I don't know how to describe it, but for me, it was really like uh, all of a sudden seeing this sea of people and hearing the music. The music was for me the most important, and finding feeling actually like, okay, so this is where everybody's at. Everybody like me, you know, it was very much about the music. I never heard this kind of music before and I became obsessed. I started collecting techno in this many record shops in Amsterdam. So uh, going to festivals and yeah, but it took 
a while longer to make it my full-time career. It, it took a couple of years. I followed the very traditional route, go to school, um, get a job, and then building this whole life and realizing this is not me. And uh, always doing music in at the same time, but not really seeing how it could be a full-time job, you know, mm-hmm. um, until I actually saw a woman DJ. So that's why I really think the power of representation is so important because I think for me, the most important moment when, was when I saw a woman DJ and it dawned on me that that's a me. Yeah. Or if she can do it, too. I can do it. You know, gives you that little encouragement. <laughs> Very happy for what is happening today, you know, with so many uh, women, uh, DJs, because hopefully there's other girls out there that feel empowered that, you know, if this speaks to them, that they can do it too. And it could be music. For me, it was music, but maybe for other people, it's something else. But I think the power of representation and getting exposed, you know, is, is so important to to see other people doing it. It sort of gives you the permission and the power. Yes. I can do it too. Yeah, for sure. And there's so many, you know, amazing collectives out there that are supporting women in music. For example, uh, DJ Sydney Blue from Toronto, she's got her 23 by 23 campaign. They are encouraging labels to have more female, non-binary and female identifying people on more labels by 2023. So here we are in 2023. So she's been working across so many different labels, bringing on more women onto their record labels, which is pretty cool. And then there's like, she said, so there's like, there's a few others that are just like supporting women in music, which is really great to see. And you know, the industry itself is recognizing it too. So I'm sure, you know, (laughs) as a woman in the industry. Of course, of course. I really think it's a, 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 it comes down to a personal thing, you know. Of course, there's the representation by institutions or people that are in power, you know, and um, could select women as well. But even women themselves, selecting themselves, you know, being feeling like, okay, I can do this. I can follow this profession. And th- that's why for me, that moment was so important, you know, seeing, um, like you seeing somebody else, uh, doing. Yeah. Like recognizing like, oh, I don't have to be a man to just because a man's doing it doesn't mean I can't do it. Like mm-hmm. I can do it and I'm going to do it. So, well, speaking of you actually just released a new single called Gracias a la Vida out on Volta Records. So can you tell us a little bit more about this release? So, Gracias a la Vida. Thanks for pronouncing it <laughs> so nicely. <laughs> the title is in Spanish and it uh, translates in English to, literally translates to, thank you to life. I love when music has a message as well. I find that really, really cool. And uh, it's maybe the first record that I'm significantly proud of because also as a new producer and as somebody that is still evolving and developing their skills. For me, this song, I feel that for the first time I achieved what I wanted to transmit. And uh, it's a song with a lot of energy, with a side trans bass line and this beautiful, big, powerful uh, vocal by Mercedes Sosa, who is an institution in Argentina. And uh, yeah, it's a very, very big track, I would say. You know, it's very powerful and I have people that 
uh, don't speak Spanish. And uh, they say this vocal, when it comes on, it gives them goosebumps. And that's I felt that so way, nice. Actually. You know, it's what, what you want to hear. Yeah, I listened to it a few times and I was like, so nice. <laughs> and then you feel like this kind of music, like you want to <laughs> be on the dance floor and like be dancing to that. <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah. And it's also the record that I uh, made the fastest, you know, and I really think there was magic involved because uh, I the story is that I was very inspired by a set that I played in Berlin at Sissy Foss. This was more than a year ago. And uh, during this gig, the dance floor was dead. So I arrived, I had prepared my set, you know, imagining what the crowd would be like was nothing like that. They were dead. They were very tired. It was on a Sunday afternoon. And okay, you're still on. The dance floor was totally dead. And I'm a bit lost. And I turn back to my partner, who's also an artist. And I ask him, what do I do? Nobody's dancing. Well, what am I going to do? And he's very relaxed. And he says to me, just have fun. I'm like, what? Just have fun. And I'm like okay, 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 just have fun. So I turn back and I look in my library and I start playing side trance. I played two hours, only side trance. The crowd loves it. They come back to life, you know, screaming, dancing, everything you would want and desire. And um, I was very inspired. So I went home and I started this side trance song and uh, I had that beautiful pad that goes throughout the song. And then had this vocal for many, many years. Uh, uh, I was collecting vocals and sounds and ideas for music. So it was done in just one weekend. It was magic. I had no idea what I would release it. So the fact that it's now out on Volta, it's really cool. I'm very proud of this because Volta is a new label and it's doing very, very well. And I have a remix on this Gracias a la Vida by Victor Ruiz which is such a beautiful version and it's on top 10 on Beatport at the moment hype. So check it nice. out. By the way. Yes. Okay. Like let's have a listen right now. everyone that was tal adra's latest single gracias a la vida now available on beatport if you want to check it out so tal here at musa collective and in my personal life i love to practice spirituality rituals may it be taking time for myself in the morning doing gratitude journal meditating doing some yoga whatever it is i need to do skincare you know what i mean these little things i really practice in my daily life to 
continue the rest of my day in a positive way. So what are some ways that you're driven by spirituality and how does it influence your own lifestyle? You know, spirituality influences everything that I do and everything that I am. And um, to be honest, I don't think it's such a big coincidence that so many people speak about spirituality nowadays and, um, you know, are into this topic. Because if you think about it, there's so much information and so much technology and so many things fighting for our attention all the time and noise that we cannot hear our own voice anymore, you know? And um, to me, my spirituality and my spirituality practice, actually the strongest one, the strongest technique that I uh, use is stopping. So I actually stop and try to really think, what do I want? And what do I want to choose? What do I want to say really? And uh, being very connected with who I am. And I think that sounds so simple, but who who am I actually really, you know? Uh, if I am not influenced by what I see on social media, who, who am I? What do I actually really want? And uh, these are very... Um, very big questions that consume me all the time. So my spirituality practice is really stopping to connect to what I really want. And you hear that only from if you use your own voice. Of course, this is the um, metaphor for uh, connecting to yourself. And um, I'm very practical, by the way. I don't meditate. I should. I really recommend I've created some magic in my life those times when I did meditate. But for the rest in my life, in the most practical ways, I use it in every little thing that I choose or every little thing that I say, you know, choosing to not drink at a party. For me, that's me being spiritual, you know, me overcoming my impulses, you know, mm -hmm. um, me being really present with the Uber driver, you know, we tend to overlook those people, but you are there for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes sharing a space. And it's almost like, it's not even a human next to you. You know, we're just like ignoring like two bubbles, you know, floating around the space, but really being present. That doesn't mean you have to strike up a conversation and really, especially when you're tired or anything, but really saying thank you in a, in a present way or. Um, yeah. Just living with more like yeah. living a more conscious lifestyle in, in the choices that you want to make. Yes. And just like being more aware of like, awesome. what am I doing? Why am I doing this? <laughs> or like taking time to exactly. come back to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And taking back your energy. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to highlight. Yeah, exactly. I really wanted to highlight this particular thing you just said, you know, uh, you, you know, your own. Uh, choices uh, that's I think if you sit down or I have this a lot you know if I sit down and uh, I look at my choices I'm like is that really really me or was I influenced somehow by you know my parents or my uh, you know society or what I think it's cool what is really cool to do and even in music making you know uh, that's why I say this Gracias a la Vida record is something that I'm so proud of because I was not thinking of anything. I was not thinking where I'm, am I going to release or, and I must admit with some of my previous records, 
um, I was, you know, I was making songs with labels in mind. And, um, and of course, I love everything that I put effort into, but um, there's a different energy when mm -hmm. you just create without thinking, without being attached to any result. So that's spirituality at play for sure, you know? Yeah. And I think just what you said about creating records for specific labels, it might take you off course of like what you really want to create. You know what I mean? Like you created this yeah. track just from your heart and it's your art yeah. and you created it and it found its home on a label afterwards. Like you weren't so specific about it. You know what I mean? I feel like that kind of like if you're so obsessed with like, I need to get this on this label, it's just not going to have the same outcome, you know? <laughs> I think even the crowd feels it, the audience feels it. It's, it's an energy. Um, so this is a very big lesson for me and I'm still trying to uh, practice that. I'm not saying it's uh, easy, you know, because you always have a little, you know, what am I going to really, what's my next move, you know? Yeah, but I also silly, I know silly. that, yeah, that must be hard as an artist if you do have like, maybe you have like your top five labels that you would love to be on. But you know, in order to submit this music, you have to kind of cater to their sound because some labels aren't always like that. Mm -hmm. But I know that most are. If it's like, they, oh, it's not really our sound. But I mean, it does make sense in a way. But also, you want to like still yeah. stick to like your sound. You know, this is what I'm creating and whatever label is aligned with you then they'll be the ones to pick it up but yeah you can't lose track of that yeah. <laughs> cool. mm -hmm. so I want to talk about this for a second just speaking of all this like magic and spirituality I saw on your Instagram the other day you posted this uh photo of you and this gorgeous white horse and there's this beautiful story about this white horse. Can you please share with us a little bit more about what happened here? <laughs> right. So you, you saw me on uh, Instagram sharing a story with the white horse from my dead grandparents that I didn't know it still existed. I manifested what I thought was a dead horse. But uh, so that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So the story is that I had this visual project in mind where I would use a white horse and I would be dressed in a particular way and I would contrast with the horse and just, you know, this vision in my head. And I really wanted, I was for like, this is very recent, like a few weeks ago, I was obsessed with finding a white horse. Now, of course, the challenge is that I live in the center of Lisbon. Where am I going to find a white horse? And, um, so I was already remembering how my grandparents used to have a white horse and how cool it is because, like I said in the beginning, I come from a village where everybody's a farmer. So 99% of the people have a horse in my village. So um, funny thing is a week later, I travel home uh, to my village and I ask my mom about if anybody can help me with a white horse to achieve this project that I have. By the way, my parents think that I'm an eccentric child because, again, they're also farmers. So for them, it's that, you know, they have to give in to my ideas and be like, OK, we're going to have to find a white horse. And um, I talked to her about, do you remember how granddad used to have a white horse? And she says, well, yeah, still alive. Somebody in the village has the white horse. I say, no way. 
Okay, we go out for a walk, like literally a one hour later, uh, we go out the gate, we're on the street. The first person we come across, my mom says, this is the lady that has your granddad's horse. Uh. I'm like, okay, this is like mind blow moment. Okay, we make easy conversation with the lady. And at a point, my, my mom asks her, do you still have the horse uh, from my dad? Um, and she says, yeah, the horse has been working the whole day. He's now uh, eating grass at home. Do you guys want to see it? So from my thought to actually being there, petting the horse and hugging the horsey, it was so beautiful. Uh, it was just like, you know, a few days and I manifested this horse that I didn't even know it was still alive. And um, so the lady walked us in the back of the garden. He was there eating grass and we spent some time with him. I was traveling the next day, so I didn't use the horse. But I will go back and the horse is alive and well. And I couldn't believe it, you know, because I don't know if I mentioned, but my grandparents died. So they're dead already for uh, like more than five years. Yeah. So I thought the horse was gone. The property is not there anymore. So uh, that's an important detail. So my grandparents are not there. <laughs> exactly. Know, and there. I feel like that um, whole like reconnection with this horse, it's like, died even from your grandparents like they're they led you back to that horse that was like they were there with you for sure like watching this moment I have so many <laughs> moments like that in my life you know uh and that's why I say you know being connected with the magic I really know I really feel that this life is so much more than we can perceive and if you know how to use it you know, it's all from here and from here. Actually, you know, it all comes from your thoughts and from your heart and your energy. And I've seen this magic at play so many times in my life. This is just a little, a you little know, piece. like a little, <laughs> little, a little part of your everyday life. God, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Oh, no, not like that. Not like that. But um, I wish I would have even more control, you know, and even more surrender. Um but I still get pulled away by the normal life, you know. I'm very earthly. I don't know if that's a word, but, you know, I, uh, yeah. I like that, actually, about myself, that I'm so, um, I don't know, maybe connected to something bigger that is, you know, connected to all of us, but also very worldly. I, you know, I love to party. Like I said, I love alcohol. And, you know, I'm very from here at the same time. But, uh you have I like half, half one foot here and one foot up there. <laughs> You're like connected in yeah, yeah. Both like parallels. <laughs> I think we all are. You know? I think I think if we know how to tap into that, we kind of all are, and we're here just to really have this experience fully uh, as as humans, you know. But yeah, cannot deny that we are connected, all of yeah. us, and yeah. also connected with everything. And uh, I can feel that. I don't know about other people, but I oh, can yes. really feel it. That everything is connected. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. that actually brings me back into the next thing I want to discuss is, you know, oh, finding your passion and your purpose in life or your life calling, you know, that's not something that you could just like find right away, you know, yeah. it's such a journey. And like, when you look back on like connecting all the dots of your life, now it might make sense on like how you got to where you are now, 
But when you're in the journey and you need to like learn to surrender, trust that you're making the right choices, that one choice that you make will give you a completely different life than the other choice you may have made, which I think is also really beautiful at the same time. It's very about the unknown. And I have a friend of mine and she does hypnotherapy and we were talking a little bit about this last week. And she said to me, you know, I have clients all the time asking me, but can you help me find my purpose? And I was like, well, that's a huge, that's an overload question because you can't really help someone find their purpose. It's their own journey, you know? So what are some ways that you could look back on your own path and realize like how it led you to your purpose and your passion today? Oh, wow. That is such a big question. And I really think it's a matter of trusting and finding your purpose actually takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of courage because you have to be honest. And I really believe that everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a passion. You just need to be brave enough to admit it, to speak it. And in my case, it took a really long time. And I, uh, really named it for myself a coming out, you know, when I, when I decided that uh, I'm going to do music full time, it was like a coming out because um, I didn't have the courage to admit it to many people and to many close people that this is what I want to do. So I was almost living a double life a bit in the, not even in the closet, but I was doing some music, but not really saying to anybody that this is what I want to do. So what I want to say is that I really think it's the same for a lot of people that they know they just don't have the courage to speak it because maybe it's something silly. Uh, You know, I, I, I had a serious job. I was such a lady and all of a sudden saying that I want to become a DJ, you know, maybe many people might not take you seriously right away. Even myself was not. I was not taking myself too seriously because maybe you cannot see exactly how can that play out, you know, but you have to trust it. You have to trust that that's your clue. If you have fun and if it's something that you're good at and it comes to you somewhat effortlessly, you know, like you have a little knack or you're curious. And I know some people might say, I'm not good at anything. I'm not, you know, but if you're curious about something, if it makes you jump a little, or another clue would be if you feel a little bit of envy, if you're a little bit jealous on somebody um, that has a particular kind of talent, or that's your clue. You're never going to be jealous on somebody that has nothing that you're interested in, you know? (laughs) <laughs> so that's also a little clue for you. And what is what is your passion? And mm-hmm. I described that moment when I saw that uh, lady DJ, and I saw myself in her. You know, for me it was a no. It was this immediate image. I saw myself there, and um, so I think many people actually. It's funny that uh, a lot of my friends also that are in corporate jobs or so forth. Uh, are dealing with this question, what is my purpose or even what is my passion? Like, I don't like anything that much in particular. You're so lucky, you like music. I think they do. I think they do like stuff. They just don't have the courage to admit it. As for purpose, I think it's very different than passion. And um, purpose is a bit deeper. You do find it from your passion. Like, I find a lot of purpose in in, in my music and sharing my music. Uh, but... I also find a lot of purpose in just 
having the courage to be me outside of my music. You know, again, I'm going to repeat this, but just being authentically me, seeing what I want and not what sounds cool. Maybe I sound lame, but, you know, there's I find so much power in just being you, you know, being who you are. And it sounds, again, so vague, but um, it's so practical and so powerful. Again, just choose whatever you like. And purpose is also something new. I feel because back in the day, if you think about it, uh, back in the day, even the concept of job didn't even exist, you know, so we cannot link purpose to a job because back in the day, there was no jobs. This is a very new concept. And also um, we were so busy with surviving, you know, not being eaten by some animal and we didn't have time to think what is my purpose in life. So yeah. this is a very new development. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. When, like. When we being able, this is, yeah, I was going to say to mm-hmm. be able to have a job that feels like it's your purpose rather than maybe separating it. Like maybe your job is your job, then you have your purpose and your, sorry, you have your passions that can turn into your purpose, which can then turn into your full-time yeah. job. But you got to tap into that. What is it? What are the things that mm-hmm. like light your heart on fire, you know? So I think like... For me, I mean, I, I mentioned to you when we spoke before that I also worked in dance music for about 10 years as a public relations agent for artists and the events, and I loved it. It was like a passion for me that I got to work on all these projects and these creatives. It was wonderful. And I was feeling like, oh, I'm so lucky to like be working with my passion. Like, I love music. I love this whole industry. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of sad. Like, you know, your life has cycles. And then 2019, I was feeling like, I feel like I need a change in my life. Like, I feel like I need to change careers. Like, I'm not really sure. 2020 comes along. I'll do one more season. <laughs> Everything gets canceled. <laughs> Everything is stopped. But that time and space allowed me to figure out what was next because, you know, you'll always do one more season and you'll never really figure out what's next. But now I feel like I'm working in like tech PR right now and like Web3 space, but I'm still navigating like, am I supposed to be, is my job supposed to be like specifically my passion? Because I'm so used to having that before. Like my job was what I was passionate about. I don't know if it was my purpose, but like, it's also just like distinguishing the two is work my work. And then I find what I'm passionate about and create purpose with that. And then like do more with that, like just passion projects, you know? So maybe it all comes together in the end. (laughs) I really think so. And I also think that purpose evolves, you know, because uh, your purpose in your eighties in your, hopefully, you know, we will make it. Uh, your purpose in later in life will be maybe different, but um, as for now, I think for instance, in your case, what you do, you know, you're sharing this beautiful information, you know, that maybe helps somebody, maybe somebody uh, gets that courage for a moment to speak about their passions or whatever, you know, but I think conversations like this and you enabling this this is very much part of your purpose doing something meaningful and i and uh doing that is uh doing something that is of use you know for other people i think that's where you find your purpose is where you can see that 
whatever you bring, whatever you share, somebody else can use it. It's never going to be, your purpose is never going to be just something for you. You know, it's always going to be something that you can share, something you created that can be shared. So that's your clue. And I, I feel like my purpose is even more than music, you know, that I can do, I can do more. For yeah. sure. Well, and you know, I, I, this is going to be, this is season, I'm in season five, season six will be launching in a few months, but um, over the seasons I've had friends reach out to me after they listened to maybe a certain episode and tell me like, like, like bringing me to tears and like, I just want you to know that I listened to this yeah. episode and I just like, it really touched me. And I, I went to um, like one girl recommended like one of her favorite musicians a classical musician and my friend listened to that podcast that musician went to Toronto my friend went to the concert like she just said it was like a whole experience for her like Mm -hmm. it was just really beautiful and then sometimes past uh guests will get messages in their inboxes saying I listened to your podcast episode and like if I could like touch one person to encourage them to do something because some of them are like artists or like I just was inspired by you and I went uh, bought all new art supplies and started painting again or whatever it was, you know, and it's just like, Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, in this life, you all want to know that we are of use in some way, you know, that yeah. the fact that we are here is of some importance for somebody else. And I think we should look into that anytime we, uh, are confused about our purpose, you know, look into, okay, what are, what, what are you here to bring, you know? And it doesn't have to be big. It yeah. doesn't have to be big. Exactly. And so previously, like earlier on, you were saying, you know, you had the nine to five desk job. You did the whole like matrix, like yeah, programming and when you be at work, like you had the little voice in your head or like in your heart, like, get out of here. Like you could do more. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit more about that intuition that you felt and, you know, how loud it was speaking to you to like push you to dance music? Yeah. I mean, uh, Lindsay, I swear when I say that I would hear the voice, like almost knocking me, you know, like, hey, you know, moron, you know, <laughs> this is not <laughs> it. But really I heard a voice and it was always when I was in the metro in the subway going to work all the every morning every morning going to the subway um being there for like 45 minutes this voice was on repeat this is not my life this is not my life this is not my life and I think I'm not the only one. I think many people deal with that and follow it. You're going to figure out what it is. But I knew that the job that I was doing at that moment, even though I was a teacher in Amsterdam at high school. So even though it was a beautiful job and very fulfilling in many ways, I knew it's not my place. It's not where I'm going to be able to give my best. And it was just not my life. I didn't, I felt literally, it was very visual for me. I felt that, if my life, if there, I belong, I don't know where I belong, but I knew that I belong direction A. If I belong direction A, I was going direction Z, you know, mm. it felt that extreme. I was like, I'm You're... going the opposite direction. Yeah. And um, 
I still remember when I went to my manager and I submitted my resignation. And I said to him, I said, look, I have such a good life, but this is so dangerous because it's exactly how I felt. You know, being a teacher was one of the most secure jobs you could you could have. And I said, I have such a good life, but this is uh, so dangerous because uh, I don't want a good life. I want an extraordinary life. And, and he got it. And he was so happy for me and cheering for me. And uh, six months later, I, res I resigned. I stopped officially and continued uh, with music and no regrets. I mean, it was not easy. Pandemic came afterwards, you know, um, but no regrets, zero. I feel so at peace. And even though you have challenges, it's fun, you know, it's, it's, it's different. And uh, I advise anybody, I think many people hear a little voice, you know, mine was very clear because I think I was really ignoring it for a long time. Uh, because even in university, I heard this voice, but I had to, I had to go on and get a job and build a whole life that was not me. And then yeah. the voice got louder and louder and bigger, and I couldn't deny it anymore. So, um, listen uh, to the voice. Yeah, everyone. I'm just. I'm actually just very happy. <laughs> That's amazing. Listen I to the that. voice. Uh, listen yeah, to the voice. You have to. Finally, I. Yeah. And it doesn't matter, you know. I was uh, like, I was almost in my 30s, yeah, when I made that move. So it doesn't matter. Just go for it. Mm -hmm. I know. I think people get afraid to step outside of the comfort zones or if you have a stable job, like you said, you were in a stable, uh, you had a, t a teaching career, you know, and benefits and stability mm -hmm. and probably, you know, decent pay, right? So it's like, okay, now I'm just going to stop this all and go for my dreams. And music industry is very up and down and unknown and there's slow seasons and there's, you know, you got to build your brand. Yeah. You got to like get your bookings and it's, it's a shuffle. It's a hustle as well. But well, it's, it's you like know, your heart is like, your heart is filled. Yeah. <laughs> of course. And, and you know, the alternative was so predictable. Like I could see my whole life pan out. I could see me continuing in this job, maybe getting some promotion, even a bigger promotion. Okay, great. But I would just buy a house, get a mortgage, get married, uh, do some vacation sometimes and look at other people, you know, going to playing at festivals and crying probably. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I could see my whole life pan out if I stayed in that job. So I, I wanted to follow the unknown. Exactly. And like pursuing a career as an artist, like your creativity, it's like bound to nothing. Like you can do whatever you want. Even. I mean, you did that beautiful stream that I saw on your, on your Instagram. You did a stream somewhere in the middle of like nature or somewhere. And like, it's like, that is so fucking cool. You know, like just doing whatever you want with your profile and with the skills that you have, or like also obviously like building your network and like, traveling across the world and like, you know, dipping into different, different demographics all over the, the world. So it's really cool that you can touch people with your music everywhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So grateful. Yeah. So I guess what advice would you have for maybe a new artist that's up and coming or who's, you know, maybe hasn't really pursued this at the next level. If they're thinking about doing this as a professional career, like what advice might you have for them? 
my advice would be try it. Try it. Go for it. Try it and see if you really like it. If it's really, really, you're going to feel it in your body if this is what you want. And uh, there are cases as well where I was in this mentorship and after discussing in many sessions what it involves and seeing the business, because you really go down and get some uh, guidance and um, you can really see how a career is built. At a point, some people said, no, this is not for me. I'm not, you know, I'm not willing to maybe travel so much and uh, make these sacrifices or play this game or, you know, there's also cases in which you realize maybe it's not for me, but try it, you know, go as far as you can. And if you really want it with, from the deepest, deepest of your heart, if you, if, if you want it anyways, like I would play for free. I mean, don't say that. I mean, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I would do this. You know, um, but try to see how committed are you, you know, and just don't, if you really, really still feel it in your heart, don't give up no matter what, just don't give up, go full on, go till the end, persist, persist. And one day you going to break through. I'm sure, you know? Yes. Don't so, give up. Yeah. Keep on going. That's, that's this advice. Try it and go for it. Go for it guys. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. It's it's true. Like it's scary to try something new and like whether it's a new industry you're trying to break through or a new hobby or a new passion or a new passion project or maybe something like this, you know, yeah. I feel like there's so many limiting beliefs that you can have in your own head or I'm not good enough. I don't know enough or whatever. It's like imposter syndrome, like all of these things that come forward yeah. and you have to learn how to no, like of course. navigate yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to bring to the surface all your challenges. Like, for instance, I'm a very uh, shy person in the sense that I don't like to ask for help. And a lot of, as a newcomer, you have to ask for gigs and send your music and knock on many doors and introduce yourself. And really, I'm not comfortable with that at all. So this is really a big exercise for me to overcome myself and get more comfortable with um, just knocking on doors and being a bit insistent. It is not really me. I'm not comfortable with that at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm being like pers persistent and like sometimes you have to be a little bit more aggressive because people are flaky, you know, there's things. <laughs> but you must. So it also, this journey is so much about building a career or no, a living from your passion but also you developing as a human being it's going to yeah. show you all the areas where you have to work and uh yeah grow i guess mm -hmm. and also like have boundaries for yourself too you know if you're like a people pleaser and you yeah. maybe maybe let's say you get a gig somewhere and the offer isn't the greatest but maybe you're willing to collaborate on that like sometimes you make you know the exception but then maybe sometimes you feel in your heart like mm, I'm not really happy with this offer but maybe you don't have enough courage to speak up for yourself but you got to learn how to speak up for yourself because if you don't ask or have a boundary or set some standards okay. they will walk you all over you <laughs> absolutely a million percent and this is something that I'm still myself you know navigating and learning but um 
again, like I said, it's going to confront with the areas where you need to grow. And it happens to be music, but maybe if you're working corporate, you will still bump yourself into these challenges. Yes, so, yes, yes. Um, Whatever what if we had something that you, you find something that you like, you know, at least uh, you're at the end, you're getting, uh, you know, the career of your dreams, you exactly. know, working with your passion. Exactly. It's a big reward. <laughs> it's the biggest reward. <laughs> so I always yeah. say that music is medicine. And for me, I like to listen to music daily. It is, I'd say, one of my daily rituals. It just makes me happy and I love it. So how has like dance music and music in general just been like such a tool for you um, and your own mental health? Yeah, you know, if I look uh, back at any difficult moment in my life, music has always been there. And uh, it's maybe the number one thing that got me through difficult situations. And, you know, things will happen. People will come, people will leave you or, uh, you know, you're going to lose jobs. You're going to lose people. Things will happen in your life. And for me specifically, I remember thinking, no matter what, I'll always have music, you know. So for me, it's always been a tool to carry me through everything, through the good times as well, you know, just having fun, partying with friends, music becoming even my my job, and also music carrying me through difficult, difficult moments when I was alone and nobody was there. And it was just me and the music. I uh, And it was electronic music, by the way. So um, it also makes me reflect as a music producer now that you never know the impact your music has because I was listening to techno, you know, going through maybe very depressed moments or really tough moments in my life, you know, where my whole world was falling apart. But um, music gave me energy and it gave me strength to, to keep going. And, you know, I remember just biking in Amsterdam with my headphones on, you know, being, trying to survive this life and make sense of what's happening. But, uh, you know, listening to music and breathing and keep going. Exactly. <laughs> music and breathing your pressure. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I feel you. Heals. It is. It's a healer. It's, it is. It's just, it's part of it. It is. Music is like breathing for me. I need it in my life all the time. So I feel that. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, okay. So we're going to get to this part of the podcast. Can you share with us maybe one or two muses in your life that you'd love to give a shout out to? I mean, this is a delicate one because I've learned in my life to not really put anybody on a pedestal and also I think by the same token to not look down at anybody, you know. Um, for me, life is my biggest muse. And actually, no, actually, I think pain is my biggest muse. It has been my biggest muse, you know. It's where I've learned the most about myself, about uh, creativity, about what I'm made of and... Um, so that has been my muses in my life, you know, I, I think, I think as an 
artists. I maybe I had many different influences in artists that I've liked, but again, I I don't think I've I've really learned to not idolize anybody. And um, I've met also enough people that I put on the pedestal, and it was not really. <laughs> that great in reality. <laughs> oh, I see. There's amazing records. Independently of the artist, um, there's some amazing records in my life that have uh, meant so much to me and uh, really uh, changed my, uh, you know, changed my my whole life. Maybe you know, and it's electronic music records. So. Um, yeah, it's more the, the art itself than a particular person. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> music, or... I'm well, sorry, I couldn't get Music is the muse. Music is the muse. Pain is the muse. She has different... Yeah. yeah, all good. Okay, so the final question is, can you share with us one positive affirmation? Ooh, um, I have a favorite one. I'm going to share a few, actually. I have a favorite one, which is um, All Is Well. All Is Well is probably my favorite one. And it's a good reminder every time I deal with anxiety, especially anxiety. um, I always remember All Is Well. And also that everything is going to work out for me. That's also another one. Everything is always working out. And let me see. Another one that I like is I am enough. And to close it off, I am. I really like this one uh, that says uh, the fact that I am here matters. Love it. Love all of them. I love them all. Thank you for sharing. I don't use this, but I had affirmations. (laughs) You have like all the affirmations in your pocket, but it's nice to have your affirmations. (laughs) Think them, remind yourself daily, like any affirmation that comes to you or whatever you're feeling that day, just like, for me, I say everything is working out. Best case scenario. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing. It was such a lovely conversation with you today to dig a little deeper on, you know, purpose, passion, your story, you know, a little bit more than, well, the music, it's all intertwined, right? Like all of this comes together so nicely with your story and who you are as a person. So thank you so much for spending some time with us here today. And I hope that someone listening is inspired by your story. No, thank you so much, Lindsay. And (laughs) I want to thank all your listeners to anybody that listened to this, um, episode thank you so much and thank you for giving me the platform yes i hope you have a beautiful week and we'll see you soon thank you Lindsay. ciao